Ultra. Hey everybody, and welcome to True Believers, the podcast where there's never enough said about the MCU. I am Ray Ruzo, and I have with us, as always, Chris O'Connor. Yeah, you do. And Becca Raybergen. Hello! And tonight, we are talking about Moon Knight. Um, I was actually super apprehensive when this was going to come out, just because, you know, Moon Knight is a character with dissociative identity disorder and... A fraught topic. I did... Yes, I did not trust Marvel to do it justice. Um, Well, okay, then how did they do? They actually did pretty well from the systems that I follow on TikTok. uh, Many of them were like, wow, this actually does capture quite a bit of what I experienced. (sighs) Ah, phew. Thank um, goodly goodness. Um, I, I am curious. I haven't read any Moon Knight comics. Mm-hmm. Um, Me neither. I, I've considered, yeah. So I Have don't even read? know how they really... Um, I haven't read any of his solos. He did have a stint in Secret Avengers. Mm-hmm. So that's mostly where I know him yeah. from. I also have like my favorite little exchange where he's like, uh, you know, they think this, they're like dispersing, the bad guys are dispersing some kind of drug. And he's like, it's not a drug. You got to trust me on this. And Natasha is just like, trust the guy who thought he was brought back to life by an Egyptian god. And Sharon's just like, well, you know, Steve trusts him. To which Natasha responds, Steve's been hit in the head a lot over the years. <laughs> yeah, I only knew, uh, as I believe we've mentioned before, uh, I only know Moon, Moon Knight through, and I think most people did, uh, through the wonderful uh, meme culture of uh, Dracula, you big fucking nerd, where's my money? <laughs> Random bullshit, go! <laughs> Moon Knight is definitely a meme lord. Um, the yeah. other apprehension that I had going in was that uh, Moon Knight is a, uh, Mars Spectre specifically, is a Jewish character, and... When they had several Jewish actors who were up for the role, they chose Oscar Isaac, who, while he is phenomenal, is not Jewish. Yeah, I remember you ranting. I, I remember you ranting to me about that because you know, Defeat Diggs, Defeat Diggs was right there. Yeah, like Oscar's amazing, and like he does, th- he brings things and does things with this role that are absolutely fucking amazing. So I think. The showrunners and the people who they had consulting on the show did a good job in terms of, I know they had a rabbi consulting on the show. Mm-hmm. I know having like an actual Egyptian director and having Egyptian people working on the show meant that it was yeah. 
incredibly respectful and accurate with Egyptian culture. Um, and yeah, I think they did their due diligence in yeah. putting together a good show. Hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, and- it definitely felt, I felt like the stuff that took place in Egypt definitely felt like it, it felt like it fit there. It made sense. It wasn't, you know, they weren't leaning too heavily into stereotypes and, and any of that stuff. So it didn't feel disre- disrespectful in any way. Um, which is amazing considering it, it spends so much time at a pyramid and at an archaeological yeah. dig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and and in terms of, like, choosing Oscar Isaac, there is a certain element of, and it seems to be a theme recurring in Phase 4 of uh, the Marvel projects, of sort of forgiveness and recompense for previous, uh, you know, in association with Marvel Studios uh, mistakes in terms of, yeah. you know, Anson Mount got to come back as Black Bolt for a moment. And Oscar Isaac gets to do a good Marvel project. Um, Listen, also significantly un- said in Egypt. <laughs> you know? un- until until you said this just now, I had blocked that entirely from my memory. Yeah, uh, listener, if you were unaware because you didn't watch it because it was bad, uh, the X-Men Apocalypse movie, which is infuriating because as a kid, it was a big part of the animated series. And I read like Age of Apocalypse. I love all the Apocalypse stuff. I don't. It was so good. And yet, and yet, I mean, it was very 90s. It's very much of its time. But that movie was infuriatingly bad. Um, and Oscar Isaac got it really to, was. You know, like have a really thankless job of playing Apocalypse. I'm trying to remember, Ray, did we go see that one together? Or we was did, that one that we and just, I freaked yeah. out because of the zooming swastika in my face yeah. really early in the movie. And I was just like, hmm. And then also, like, yeah. the getting Magneto to destroy Auschwitz thing, that that was also really bad. These are reasons why I'm glad that the, the Fox X-Men are not being incorporated into the MCU. But anyway, we're talking about Moon Knight. We're talking tonight. about Moon Knight. Um, <laughs> which I have been trying to pinpoint when the hell this show is set. Cause it's I... ambiguous. Hmm? It's super ambiguous. Yeah. It's it's meant to be. It's it's ambiguous on purpose. They nope. didn't know, you know, how much they'd be able to keep I, Oscar and Ethan for, so they left it as open as they possible. They say nothing yeah. about the blip. There's basically, like, there are, like, yep. blink and you miss them, like, references to things in the background. Like, the only one I can even think of is um, in his apartment, like, in the first episode, like, there's some stuff, like, in some of his reading material, one of them specifically says something about, like, you know, oh, the Asgardian gods, like, that's not what we thought it was. And, mm-hmm. you know, how do we reconcile our yep. understanding of archaeology with the fact that Thor is here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, I think there was a book on Wakanda yeah. in his in his apartment. Yeah. There's no smartphones, which is the thing that stood out the most that to me. That was weird. That was weird. The only phone that you see is the flip phone that's, uh, that's like Layla's contact to Mark. Yeah. Cellusaurus. I, I guess, well, um, I mean, my, my guess on that is like he kept that hidden away. I bet he bought that with cash, like, you know, wearing a mm-hmm. hat and glasses so nobody could see him. Oh, yeah. Like, it's very much like a, it's a burner phone that he got at a, a bodega. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So also, I think there's, um, it is very. There's also 
a mention of um, Madripoor in episode three. Right. Yeah. Right. So we know it is within the same universe. We just don't know where in the timeline it takes place. And I think that is perfectly fine. Lots of I also think this makes it a piece that is really enjoyable for people who are not necessarily Marvel fans who don't know the whole lore. Yeah. It doesn't it. matter. You can um, watch it on its own. And I think that's really good because at this point in Marvel's filmmaking, there's not a lot of that. I feel like <laughs> yeah. you have to know a lot if, going into most if you, things. If you think about all of the Disney Plus Marvel projects so far, every single one of them is heavily predicated on what happened in the yep. movies. WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, all of it. You have to have yeah. seen And the all the ones to come, too, yeah. yeah. Although I think... I think with She-Hulk and Miss Marvel, we yeah. might actually have, like, we do have those connections and touchstones back to the movies, but I think they might stand a little bit more on their own yeah. as well. I think yeah, so. for sure. I, I, they're I spinoffs. I feel like they're more spinoffs instead of just continuations mm-hmm. of the MCU story, and that's right. that's something that has that that has a place within you know the ever expanding you know universe. So. And I think it might yeah, also attract new fans, people who might go, hey, yeah. like, I really like She-Hulk. I want to know more about her cousin Bruce. <laughs> um, um, but let's uh, let's hop in and talk episode one, uh, the goldfish problem. <laughs> Happiest animal remembers nothing. Yeah, Aww. be a goldfish. <laughs> I want to be a goldfish. So uh, yeah, so the goldfish has only one fin. It's a very you know Finding Nemo situation here, just kind of wibbling around in there. I know swimming in circles. And so this whole beginning, like the first scene that we see that we later know is like Harrow um, breaking glass and putting it in his sandals. I remember just watching this, and I'm like, what am I watching? I feel, uncomfortable. Okay, here's a here's a question because this is the opening scene of the entire series. Did we ever really get any kind of answer as to why he's doing this? Uh, not really. I mean, we got some of his backstory in terms of he used to be um, the avatar for Conchu, uh, right? And I guess he. It's not. They never explained exactly why he pulled away, why he broke off, why he went. And whether there was was there any was there an intervening avatar between uh, uh, Harrow and and uh, and Mark? I don't know. And Mark, I, I think so. Uh, I, yeah. I imagine. I don't. I... It's hard to say, um, and I think you know intentionally open ended. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like a lot there of there is definitely this, you could room put it for. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to Stephen in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> with the most cool amazing apartment. setup <laughs> it's a i mean it's kind of cool in in like the setup of it but it's also just really sad yeah, he's got himself i guess he he chains himself up at night he has tape on the door he puts sand around his bed <laughs> all to make sure that he is not actually leaving his bed because as he goes on to tell his friend the living statue later He's just getting up and wandering in the middle of the night. Yeah. He's waking up in places he doesn't know. He wants to be able to see if he left. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Might as well, like, you know, sort of cover his bases, just make it a circle of salt, though. That'd be cool. Although I suppose salt is more expensive <laughs> than sand. Yeah, sand yeah, is be. pretty cheap. 
Uh, not that salt is yeah, salt's pretty cheap too. (laughs) The amount that he would have to use. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you can get you can get sand in in mass quantities a lot easier than you just go to the playground, steal it from there. No one will care. The children don't need it, (laughs) and so we are introduced to Stephen. Stephen, who is not Stevie, Stephen with a V. You know, he's just like this very nice, mild mannered, uh, autistic, <laughs> Jinx. autistic. Oh, British absolutely. dude. Um, absolutely. Oscar Isaac did say he was playing him as autistic, and I appreciated that. Makes sense. Um, uh, just having having a hard time. He's like falling asleep on strangers on on the bus to his, you know, sad little job yeah. at the gift store when he clearly is smart enough and knows enough. And is actually passionate enough to be a tour guide, which is the job that he wants to have. Yeah. Uh, well, it, yeah. Yeah. It is. So it but, seems like he is chronically underemployed. Yeah. Well, considering that he is, well, as we learn later, he's not the sort of, I don't know what the proper terminology is for it. He's not the, 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 Stephen doesn't have a social security number. Stephen is it, like a lot of his underemployment yeah. will stem from the fact that kind of systematically doesn't, doesn't really exist. exist. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard for him um, to get ahead, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Right, he says he yeah, doesn't so... have a driver's license, doesn't he? Yep. Um, yep. Because he ends up Couldn't get one. driving a truck. He's <laughs> 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 very unhappy about it. <laughs> but, so, we get a really good introduction to Steven in that, you know, we see him getting going to work, we see him Looking at the Egypt, you know, stuff and, and talking he's with explaining the little girl, she's explaining the Ennead. Yeah, and you he know, explains get... that like they remove in when they embalmed the, uh, the people, process. they remove all of your yeah. organs except your heart yeah. because they believe you need a, the heart in the afterlife. Weighed against and the feather. One of the things that I really appreciated, and like I think this is kind of a flaw with the Disney Plus shows in general, is that when you watch them in one go. You can see how tight the writing is, but when you watch it all spread out, you might lose certain things. Mm-hmm. Like um, the fact that there were plushies of Tawaret in the in the yeah. museum. Yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten those that are... by the time Tawaret yeah. actually showed up. And that's that's yeah. one of those things that... that sort of like writers have sort of you know Netflix years ago pioneered the idea of dumping everything for for binge watching and. The way that people do series now is they treat them as like a great big serialized single story. And so mm-hmm. if you take that the way that people are writing these things, which is what they want to do with their, with their stories, with Moon Knight, with Hawkeye, with all of these things, and then force it back into the one a week thing, it kind of makes you sort of things that are sort of there like to see and naturally connect – like they're spread out mm-hmm. by a week, and it's harder to make those same connections that you would otherwise make. Right. It's a really weird disconnect because, like, at the same time, mm-hmm. I want an entire season of The Witcher to drop all at one time. Right? <laughs> yeah. But, but I also want, I want to be hungry for another episode. That's like, I want true. that feeling <sighs> where I need more and I don't have yeah. it. That anticipation that we I had, know. like that with WandaVision, we all went insane. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we've ever really sort of. I think we must have talked about it when Wanda, because when the first Disney Plus series dropped and it was week to week, and at that time we were covering yeah. it week to week. It is interesting, like the difference between 
getting something spread out over time and having it binged and dropped all at once. Is it, that's one of the yeah. problems for Netflix, <laughs> fellow Netflix stock owners. Anyway, um, but <laughs> this idea of, I mean, I mean this, this concept that, that has played out in our lives where, you know, for example, like Stranger Things would drop and then at work you'd talk about it for a couple of days and then that's it. And then Game mm-hmm. of Thrones would be like, here's season three, and you'd talk about it for months. Right. right. And it's that, it's kind of like returning to that, like you were talking about, returning to that concept of much must-see TV, you know, like we had it, you know, NBC had like sold an entire primetime lineup around it for a long time, where it's dri- it's trying to drive as many eyeballs at the same exact time, and dropping it week to week, it's not quite the same as that, but... You know, it leaves you hungry for more. It leaves you wanting to come back. You're going to engage for longer. And having it streamable means that you can watch it as many times as you want. It's just a in big the, movie. In between. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 But at the same time, I think there's certain things, like, I, other than, like, the recap articles that you're getting, I don't know if necessarily this week-to-week format where it's really a three-hour, four-hour story sliced into 40-minute pieces, mm-hmm. um, you it doesn't have the arc of a TV episode, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's I very, feel like... It's not Monster of the Week, not Case of the Week. Yeah. Yeah. But even, yeah. like, shows that aren't Case of the Week, I'm thinking about things like Desperate Housewives, there's still... A specific plot to the episode. <laughs> Dinner right. party but of the, the season, week. The season is long it. enough that right. it's fine. that it's not like a really tight, cohesive, coherent thing. Like there's room for the for the story because it's in in production throughout the run of the show mm-hmm. that they can tweak things as they go. Whereas this, it's you know we're we have a concept and this is the vision from the beginning to the end, and that's not really going to change unless you know, we find something while we're working on it, as opposed to something happens when people are watching it. And, like, I feel like WandaVision got a lot more attention week to week just because everything was so freaking weird, but Hawkeye didn't get that same week to week attention. This definitely didn't get the same week to week attention. Like... Loki did. But that's Loki. Loki. Although, you know, I know most Loki fans did not like Loki. Just in general. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it kind of depends on your environment. It depends on where you were when it dropped. Like, if I was back at my old job, I know that for all of those shows, me and, like, my little group of friends that all sat around for an hour in somebody's office talking about Game of Thrones, tee take that, bosses, um, we would have done the exact same thing with every one of those Disney Plus shows. I guess, but in terms of, yeah. like, you know, like, in terms of, like, internet content creation is what I'm sort of thinking about. So people who, you know, make, drive engagement um, in the social media world. I don't see, like, people making tons of Moon Knight TikToks. You might Influencers, get a, yeah. You might get, like, a meme or two out of an episode. <laughs> um, but... I think Moon Knight, and, and we kind of talked about this being a good thing in that, in that it's a, very much of a standalone, like... Because it's so much of a standalone, I don't n- know 
how many because i have in my office like some casual fans who were like i don't understand who moon knight is because mm-hmm. i kept pestering them to watch it and they're like i don't know i don't know it was weird and i just kind of stopped and i was like you have to keep going <laughs> it the gets weirder i need you to keep going <laughs> So, yeah, like, so some of it was that they didn't recognize any of the characters, so there wasn't, like, a huge draw for them in that in that respect, other than just, you know, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Um. So there's, I'm sure there was some of that. I'm sure there was some, a, a whole bunch of other things mm-hmm. that led to it as well. Yeah. Well, let's actually get back to the story. Where were we? <laughs> yeah. What's, what's going on? <laughs> well, apparently Stephen has a date that he doesn't know about. And he's oh. vegan, and he's going to a steakhouse. <laughs> His life doesn't sound very cohesive. And he's surprised <laughs> by it. It's like, ooh, what a surprise this is. I, I did get a date with her? Well, are you weird. asking me out? <laughs> I, what? Okay, yeah, sure, I'll meet you at this steakhouse. What? <sighs> um, and but yeah, so he's also like making phone calls to his mother but his no- mother never it's only leaving voicemails he never actually speaks to her yeah and if anyone has ever watched an episode of television if somebody is only ever leaving voicemails for someone that, it means one very specific that person thing. does is there's they don't exist in some way nope yeah <clears throat> which makes yeah. me wonder whose voicemail he's actually leaving messages on maybe his mom you know i could see it as it, it might still be. have been yeah, hers. It might still be hers. Yeah. It'd be one of those things yeah. where it's, it's uh, and I haven't directly experienced this, but it's entirely conceivable that you have a family cell phone plan, somebody dies, and you just, it never occurs to anyone to it, change yeah. the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And it also sounds like it was only, we know from later that his mom only died a few months ago, yeah. so it makes perfect sense that his dad wouldn't have canceled exactly. the plan yet. It's still there. Right. There's still a number to call. It's still going to be her voicemail. And also, um, Mark is actually doing a pretty good job of keeping up the facade of Stephen's life. Um, Because Stephen gets a postcard from their mom, which means Mark must have left it for him. Yeah. The same way how after Mark hijacks him for a little while in the middle of this episode (laughs) and is gone for two days and the fish dies. Yeah, he does the dad thing. He replaces the fish for Stephen. He replaces his fish. It's like, oh, this is going to be important to him. I better get him a replacement fish. <laughs> there's there's an interaction between Mark and Layla in, in episode three where he says, you know, I had it under control really, like, for a long time up until recently. And, like, once we get on to episode up five, we understand. Ago, I think is what he says. Yeah, and then we understand what that that trigger was for him. Uh, But it was clearly like, you know, he'd spent a really long time of being able to, you know, keep that facade up. Wait a second. So he he was talking to Layla, says that a couple of months, he had it under control until a couple of months ago. Did Mm -hmm. Was he married to Layla, like, before his mom died and he never, like introduce them yeah and layla does not know that his mom died wow all right um because when steven tells layla something about his mom she's like oh are you two talking again oh wow it's really sad like rewatching that i was just like oh my heart yeah i mean i wonder if the last time it sounds like based on you know episode two and you know layla's response to steven 
turning on the phone. It sounds like she just hasn't heard from him in months. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's like, yeah, Stephen kind of came out uh, when Mark tried to go to the Shiva and broke down. <laughs> I think we're having difficulty talking about this episode. No, by we episode. can't talk about this. <laughs> you can't. No, we, we're honestly I'm abandoning. Honestly, look, it was it was folly from the start. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we tried. It's not working. Yeah. No episode by episode. Womp womp. Um, but it's hard to go through it. You know, once you have the vision of the whole thing in your mind, it's hard to talk yeah. about the early it, stuff without being able to talk about right. the later yeah, stuff. It's difficult to do that. <laughs> Oops. Because um, you know Stephen doesn't know why he's. You know, one moment he's trying to stay awake. Yeah. Uh, and then he has probably fallen or jumped out of a building. Yeah, that yeah. jaw is definitely <laughs> and, dislocated. And he wakes up, like, in an idyllic Austrian mountain village or something. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like somewhere in Central Europe, somewhere in, somewhere in Western Europe. It's not It's not England. That's, that is nope, not England. Nope. <laughs> It's definitely somewhere in somewhere Alps adjacent. Yeah, so, like yeah, yeah, somewhere in the whole in the former Holy Roman Emperor Empire. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's being shot at. He's being shot at. Uh, he has a scarab, a golden scarab, in his pocket, and there is a very loud voice going, "Oh, great, the idiots in charge." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steven. I jumped. Yeah, go. I jumped. <laughs> when he first showed up and like talked, I jumped like yep. I was startled. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And I, I you know, it's a weird little thing, like sort of the the audio sort of design of Kanshu's like voiceover <laughs> in his head. I loved it. It sounded great. <laughs> so great. Um And I oh my goodness, do you ha does anybody have this pulled up? I didn't know um who did the voice for Kanshu? It was F. Murray Abraham. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So good. Oh, he sounds Salieri. like a god. That is what a Salieri. god would sound Thank like. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So this is what we get introduced to Harrow, uh, to Arthur Harrow and the followers of Amit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we don't really know what they're doing or what they're up to, aside from the fact that uh, got a whole village. You know, Arthur is... He's got a whole village. Yeah. People want to know. They want to know how their scales are balanced. Yeesh. And they either have balanced scales I, and they live. Or you they know, don't I mean, I, I got this pretty quickly. Like, like this idea you know, of, of uh, I'm going to balance not only your current scales and past scales, but your future. It's like, oh, no. no. That's not. <laughs> to quote one Natasha Romanoff, that that's a question that I do not need answered. That's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. And of course, yeah, she didn't want it answered because she would have been able to pick it up anyway. Oh yeah, she absolutely would. Her absolutely. Marvel What If from the seventies. <laughs> no, it was that was Age of Ultron. That was in the two thousands. <laughs> well, right, no, but the, the comics in the comics yeah. in, in like the seventies, they did a What If where she got Mjolnir. They did because I remember yes. one where they did it like in the twenty tens. Because no, 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 they'd done it like in either the 70s or the 80s. I can't remember when the first what ifs came out, but it was an early really? what if where Black Widow has Mjolnir. A yeah. very early then what there, if. Then there have to be two of them. Yeah. That makes, makes sense. sense. Okay. 
because uh, they repeat. One that's an Age of Ultron. What they if. they repeat? <laughs> yeah, double confirmation. There you go. Okay, so twice. Yeah, yeah. twice. Yeah. On that. <laughs> um. So. Uh, Steven doesn't want any trouble. Yeah. He's still like, here. I don't want no trouble. I don't want it. Real, real Jackie it. Chan, Take I don't it. want no trouble vibes. Man, the, the <laughs> acting that Oscar does in here, <laughs> just like, be, like with the, with just pulling the my fingers apart. <laughs> yeah. Must be the Oscar. I, I don't mean to. Like, I'm not trying. Uh, <laughs> and then when he just starts walking away with this really awkward high knee walk. Yeah. Put <laughs> his arm behind him. He's like, I'm not doing his this. His body won't let him do it. Oh, I love that. And then, like, the bit where he gets surrounded and then flashes out and then yep. pops two, and they're all down. And his hand is bloody as though he put it through someone's chest. <laughs> well, not. Yeah, it's really gross. Not that much. <laughs> I mean, no, the scarab is soaked in blood and his hand is completely yeah. bloody. So it's he's str- it's a lot. It's been it's been places, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, into somebody's face, blood, nose, teeth, mouth, eyes. Okay, let's. Okay, a normal person can't punch through a chest. Yes, but he's not a normal person. He, he, as we are coming he's to the avatar of Constantine, Moon Knight, right then. <laughs> Steven, no, Steven didn't. Somebody Wait, did. Hold on. Wait a second. This is a thing I'm not. We have no idea Wait, if Mr. Knight I, popped out. I have a question. Wait. Can Moon Knight yeah. at- operate during the daylight? Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. I the mean, moon is still out. That, they never made it a point. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, you see it in the show, we only ever see him operate at night. I mean, we only see it at night, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it only It feels like a thing that the comics have probably covered, and I just don't know. We just don't know. But there is flashy stuff in episode three in the daytime. That's right. But we don't know if Mr. Knight came out. Yeah, we don't don't know. Right, we don't don't think Mr. Knight did. In episode three, that's when um, uh, presumably the third identity, uh, what's-his-face, takes care of things. Jake. Jake Lockley. Jake takes care of things, and they're both and both Steve, uh, both Stephen and and Mark are like, I didn't do that. Did you do that? I didn't do that. And that's one of those little moments that, like, if it really didn't implant itself Oops. in your head, I. So I remember in hindsight watching it again. I remember watching that moment and being like, "Oh shit, there's a third," and then I completely forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. It stuck with me. I was I was I was waiting for the reveal the whole time. I mean, I knew that there were more than Mark and Steven in there. I knew that Jake Lockley was Yeah, cuz it happened it. A, a couple times, right? There was uh, And Jake Lockley is part of it. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I'm the one who likes murdering. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." We've got the prosecutor in the system. <laughs> Oh, my God. Right. So, episode one, Stephen flashes, ends up in the Alp, in the Alps, and um, and then eventually, you know, there's the there's the cupcake truck car chase. That was pretty great. Um, I love that. There's some pretty good flashing Which is pretty out. funny. You know, Stephen suddenly having a gun in his hand and the guy ah! behind him is shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and 
And this entire time, we only have Steven's perspective. Yeah. So right. we know that there's something happening, but we don't know anything other than that. Which is pretty cool. And I then like that. he wakes up very suddenly in his room, still tied to his bed, with the tape still on the door and the sand in place. Which means and Mark- a new goldfish. Yes, a new Oops. goldfish, but Mark is doing a very good job. He's trying so hard. Trying to keep this up. Mark is such a sweet guy. Aww, I know. He's protecting poor little Steven. I know. He is He is literally, like, in DID, Mark is what we would call a gatekeeper. He is a, a, a uh, like, an ego state that is there to prevent other ego states from accessing trauma. Hmm. Interesting. Um, baby, I know he's protecting him. Protecting Stephen, but unfortunately, you know, didn't work. Can't account for the fact that forty-eight hours has passed, and it is now Sunday. Um, he's missed his date. Yeah, that sucks. Um, which luckily, luckily, he didn't lose his job yet. <laughs> yeah, yet yeah. that's a that's a very generous yet. <laughs> yes, and, and this is at the British Museum, right? This is the British Museum. Yep. Okay. <laughs> the, or a British museum. I'm not well, sure. Well, I, I think it's supposed to be the British Museum, which I have been there. It's really nice. I like it. <laughs> I was quoting Willow, but okay. <laughs> which would then put him near Cersei at some point, theoretically. You know, if she, the Eternals are still accepted, would. you know, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not going to let him go. It's okay. The Eternals are still there. Yeah. Yeah. Although yes, they are. that that is an interesting thing. Like it's it's kind of interesting about the Eternals where, um, let's see, what is it? Athena. Athena. No A. Drop the A. Athena. Not Athena. It's Athena. Like the idea of the Eternals as being the basis for previous understandings of gods and pantheons and heroes except no those things are real and it is kind of an interesting little bit of of like when jack kirby wrote the eternals he intended it to be separate separate from marvel and it was sort of very influenced by at the time the idea of the chariots of the gods and oh maybe aliens have visited earth uh, Although to be the- fair, that actually does kind of mesh with certain parts of the Marvel universe. Because while Thor is a god, Thor is also kind of an alien. That's so- true. But the the whole concept of the Eternals themselves takes that and and sort of subverts it, and it's like you can't have the Eternals and Asgard and Khonshu and the Egyptian pantheon. But why can't you? And, and Zeus. I have a new idea. What is your new idea? What if? What if Moon Knight is taking place in a different universe? Uh, oh. <laughs> hey, we don't know. Listeners, uh, anyways... I just I just backed up like five feet from my microphone. <laughs> you I, did. I hated that. <laughs> anyways. So Steven goes back to his job feeling, you know. Oh my god, out. we're still on episode one. We are, damn it. <laughs> Catches up to him. Harrow's Go to like, timeout. <laughs> Harrow is very confused. Harrow's like, "Oh my god, you actually are Stephen Grant of the gift shop." Okay, uh, I don't know what's going on here. 
But he's still gonna sick the, you know, he, he still wants dogs. The scarab, yeah, so. so he's gonna still send the dogs after, so you know. Poor Steven gets Steven. attacked by a jackal that only he can see. Um, and then the mirror starts talking. And then the mirror starts talking to him. It's like, Steven, you gotta give me the body. I can save us. If you wanna not die, <laughs> let me help! <laughs> Um, but that, uh, yeah, you know. That- so this is the the first end of the first episode. The first time we get a look at the, the suit. suit. Good suit. Good suit. Great, great suit. Good suit. All right. And then Stephen, Stephen, when he's told to summon the suit, he summons an actual suit. Ah! Well, what else is he supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> Poor guy is very confused. He's very confused. He's very honest. And yet he, he is still the he, avatar of Kanshu. Yep. He thinks he thinks that he witnessed something and he wants his sort of buddy at work to help him find it. And instead, they just uncover him vandalizing a toilet. <laughs> what does his uh, buddy from work call him? Scott? Calls him Scotty. Scotty. Mm. All right. Yeah. It's like, that's not my name. <laughs> Steven. Ooh. But, um, so yeah, he loses his job and is offered, you know, we'll, f- we'll find you some mental health care because you're seeing oh, things. <laughs> that was harsh. That was, ooh. <coughs> but at the same time. But also necessary. Very nice. That's very considerate of, of the, of the he human resources department. He could have gone to jail. He thought he was going to because, you know, some people with badges showed up at his flat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they, uh... Oof. Oh, but yeah. before the, the people with badges show at, up at his flat... Layla shows Layla up. Layla shows up. <clears throat> well, actually, first he first goes... First he goes, he goes to... Uh, May Callumway? Callumway? Well, before Layla shows up, he goes to the storage unit. unit. Which is where he finds the passport, Mark Spector. Um, yep. And gets tons and of money cash. Gets tons this. of weapons. Just Which not... in England, in England, that's no, hard. That's a very that, no. That's a big that's... no and very yeah. difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you don't. This do ain't that. America. <laughs> not America. Yeah, in America, if you were to open up a storage container and find a wall full of weapons, it'd be like, oh, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> but but in England, <laughs> oh God, we're in trouble. This is super illegal. I'm going to take it to the police and they will lock me up and hopefully the NHS will fill me up with so many pills that you'll go away. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, oh my god. Although, oh my god. for what it's worth, like, his storage container, it's a cot and, like, a couple of containers and, like, a couple pistols, right? It's not, like, a big yeah, wall. It's not... It's not a. It's not an Arnold Schwarzenegger commando wall. No, it's actually (laughs) only one pistol that he finds, and it's very upsetting to him. Which, again, for our UK listeners, don't you dare. (laughs) Um. But anyways, Mark's like, "Hey, I have a deal with Conchu. You don't interfere. So let me finish up what I need to do, and then we'll go away." And Stephen's like, "Nope." And Conchu decides. No, I, I like I like being me. My <laughs> life is difficult, but I like being me. I and... exist. Shut up. And then Conchu just kind of like decides to haunt the fuck out of does, him. I, does I feel some like... uh, scary movie stuff. 
Yeah, I think Hunter just likes fucking with Steven. It seems he like the does. kind of thing he would be down The for. idiot. He likes to fuck with the idiot. <laughs> the, worm. Yeah. the worm. Oh, yeah, the worm. That's good. That's um, good. So Steven runs screaming out into the street <laughs> holding this duffel bag. And then Layla oh, pulls up. And she's like... She's confused. She she's is mad. so confused. Yeah. He is confused so confused. And mad. <laughs> I just feel bad for everybody. Aww. And what's really sweet is that Steven seems perfect for Layla. Aww. He does, yeah. They like the same poetry. They are interested in the same things. Yeah, which if... Uh, well, no, Steven existed long before... Yeah. Steven existed when he was a yeah. child. Okay, all right, never mind. Yeah. But then Although, Steven might still have been subconsciously picking up these yeah, things. Yeah, he might... Steven's preferences and poetry might have been uh influenced by what mark saw um, in, layla. in layla that's a good point yeah, yeah. in some ways anyway. i feel like a lot of steven are the things that mark couldn't give layla mm. mm-hmm. um, yeah that makes sense yeah and that would be a thing to to do that feels like the weird. It feels like a weird yeah, thing to say. I don't say. think it quite works like that. Yeah, but it I doesn't think, work like, that way. I don't. Well, I have no idea. Um, I, I will not presume to say. But uh, I just when when she's like, you know, I thought you wanted me to track you. That's why you turned on the phone. <laughs> Anyways, I came here for you to sign the fucking divorce papers. Aww, so here are the divorce papers. Aww. I would never divorce you. <laughs> You're so cute, Stephen. Aww. I want to put him in my pocket and carry him around. <laughs> you already have Scott Lang in your pocket. You cannot have another one. <laughs> but I want another one. No. Well, okay. You can only have one. So which one? Stephen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll allow funny. it. I'll allow it. Yeah, we each get one waifu slash husbando. Hus- husbando, <laughs> husbando, whatever. You- However the I internet mean, says more, it. More just I want to put him in my pocket and protect him. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And keep him safe. That's different. That's different. Fine. <laughs> protect. We must protect. Protect. P- protect Steven P- at all costs. P-R-O-T-E-C. Protect. E-C-C. Two C's. Yeah, two C's, two C's. We protect. Um, I for I already forgot. I are, are, the, the, are the cops who show up? Um, they're Harrow's people. They're, they're Harrow's, Harrow's people. They're, they're Harrow's, Harrow's people. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, but we think we assume that it's legit un- up until they deliver him to yeah. Harrow, yeah. right? Um, which you know, that's right. That's how he ends up with Harrow. Is they ar- yeah. they arrest him and they take him there. And, and I just have to get... vent for a moment. Yeah. Because so. <sighs> Harrow presents to us this, you know, beautiful collectivist society, and obviously it's like very sinister. This this whole thing with Ahmed is very sinister. All all utopias are predicated on on a dark truth. (laughs) But there is a reality of you know societies based in mutual aid that this is the second time Marvel has demonized. (laughs) <laughs> because between the flag smashers and this group where we're actually looking at marginalized people who would benefit from you know 
an amount of communal communal living and mutual aid, um, we just end up with these megalomaniacs. Yeah. It's... So having it as... Having the, this this commune, which looks great, you know, everybody's everybody's doing something, everybody's helping out. They all learn le- languages from each other. They learn how to cook. Every, they watch what movies say? together. Everybody even knows though at they least all look thir- like three languages. Three languages. Right. <laughs> even though it kind of looks like everybody's like sort of like robot-y in here, like. But yeah, having it be look super roboty to me. You have kids playing sports, like you got the goat. It does. So once Harrow starts leaning in on the Amit stuff, then they all yeah. That's when it starts being sinister, and you kind of realize that Stephen has been like led into the middle of this group of people where Harrow has a lot of power, basically. Yeah, Um, yeah, he's got. Too much power. And he pulls out the fucking baby Hitler thing. He's like, <laughs> if Amit was here, if Amit was around, he would have killed baby Hitler. Yeah, like, well, okay. That's not, that's not how things work, though. Uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. one of those things. Like, okay, if you could go back in time and find baby Hitler, and you could kill baby Hitler, why wouldn't you just take baby Hitler and, like, raise him in a safe Ease environment? Him to not be baby and Hitler. Just be, and, just, and just be like, hey, Adolf. You're a dude. <laughs> just, just, yeah. just raise him separate from that. You know, you don't have to or like, kill baby. Get him into art school, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Let know? him paint. I, I just, uh, you don't have to kill baby Hitler. Just take baby Hitler. And even Steven is like, I'm not on for child murder. He's yeah, like, you guys are all for child murder. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that, yeah, that was good. I like that. <laughs> Uh, that's the point when when Harrow realizes, that, oh well, this isn't this. That's yeah, the this part about the where the utopia becomes a dystopia, where it's just like ah, you know, th- what is the um, what is that thought experiment or that idea of like, could you live in a world where everything is perfect and everyone is happy, except a child somewhere in a basement is being tortured? Oh no! Yeah, yeah, it, no. it's that same sort of thing. It's like Arthur Harrow, you've got a great community here, but. No, you shouldn't, like, preemptively kill people for something they might do. Might do. It's like... Oh, but Amit sees the future. Amit knows. I'm like, okay. Amit doesn't know shit. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... It's very much... There's, there's an op- Amit knows shit the way that King the Conqueror knows yeah, shit. It, and there's an opportunity there. If you know shit, if you know about somebody's future, it can be like, hey, person, why don't you go do this instead? Why don't you not do the thing that I can foresee you doing? I'm going to tell you your future where you might, you know, uh, what was it? What could what could the old lady who must have been in at least her 60s in the first episode and had to die because Amit saw that her scales didn't balance? What could she have possibly done in the future? And then tell her not to do that and tell her to do something else. Anyway, maybe she's gonna she steal a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she crossed the street when Prisoner she shouldn't have, and someone swerved to avoid her and died. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, one of the things it's that this bullshit. bit, yeah. So, one of the things that this bit at the commune and like Harrow's like explanation of everything mm-hmm. brought back for me was Project Insight. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of, can we just talk about the fact that Stephen Grant's name is Stephen Grant? Sure, let's talk Stephen about it. Stephen Grant Rogers. Yeah, it's literally go. one name off from another superhero. But, but we're but <coughs> from episode five, we're meant to understand that it's because it's based on a character from a movie. Yes. Not I know, Dr. but Grant. still, yeah. it's I still know. it's still yeah. He's I a, love two Stephen Grants. Wait. But yeah, Wait, is Steve is Steve Rogers' what? middle name Grant? Yes. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh wow! Holy <laughs> poop! <laughs> Stephen Grant Rogers. Wow. All right. Wow. All right. I think Zola even says it in Winter Soldier. I, wow. All right. <laughs> but speaking of Winter Soldier, <laughs> yes, um, it is very project much like preemptive project murder. Insight is is designed to use Dr. technology Stephen and algorithms at, at <laughs> yep. it's designed to use the technology and algorithms that they have at their fingertips to detect and eliminate crime. Period. And Hydra's also using it to eliminate everybody that they yeah. don't like, which is a whole heckin' yeah. lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Um so <laughs> you know, who's to say that if Amit can see these unbalanced scales, who's to say that Amit isn't going to do the same thing to remove her own enemies yeah what are the enemies of a uh, bronze age egyptian goddess whoever she wants honestly (laughs) whoever apparently this this person (laughs) is opposed to this the slavery of the hebrews you know um well then some like pretty great fight scenes happen because you know, Hera's like, give me the scarab. Oh, me. This is was one of my favorite things. It's just like, Mark, Mark kept warning Stephen, like, don't get Layla in danger. We can't endanger Layla. And Layla's like, Layla I'm right fucking here with the scarab. Into Fight danger, me. okay? <laughs> I'm glad they threw that trope out right away. Because, like, the, oh, my God, we have to protect the lady when the lady is perfectly capable of taking care <laughs> of herself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Where's, oh, we lost sorry, I, I no, yeah. I think um, I think I was messing with my buttons over here, and I accidentally pushed. There's a, a mute key on my keyboard, and I think I accidentally pushed it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We couldn't hear you for the last however long, anyway, because you froze. Oh, then that's separate. Yeah. Fuck. Um, so, anyways, we were saying Layla. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Layla's very capable of getting herself into trouble. <laughs> All on her own. <laughs> Summon the suit! Uh, ah! And the Layla knows Mark. She knows about Mark's mission. She is very aware of what's been happening. She knows he's the uh, Moon Knight most, because... She's mostly because aware. Because he's always she's been the Moon Knight aware. since he's known her because, of course, he only got to know her after her father was dead. Yes. Which, I will say that was good payoff that we got later. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because, you know, Harrow's like, well, he didn't tell you the truth about your father. You know, what else is he keeping from you? And it's not, you know, Harrow's obviously trying to make her think that, that Mark, Mark is the one it. who killed him. But no, yeah. he was just, he was just and it, there. And he also, Harrow's people planted in Stephen that Mark was the one who did it. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, Mar- yeah. and in Mark's, like, recollection, it was, he actually had, like, somebody in his unit who did it 
it was somebody else. It was a right. separate. It wasn't the um, the yeah. third identity. His name always escapes me. No, it was somebody Dick somebody it's else in the mercenary group. It was another it was mercenary who did it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then that per- so Mark when he tried to stop him got shot and left for dead and then he crawled his way into Conchu's temple or whatever. Yeah. So Mark was down with the robbery, but he wasn't down with the murdering all the people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is, exactly. you know, as you do, I would be down with the robbery but not the murder. I mean, Mark's Mark's had some rough times. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That's what you um, do. Yeah. But uh, I really love the cinematography with this whole, like, fight against the invisible jackal. Yeah. Like, I, that, but, that was the thing I love. But first, Stephen falls out of a window. Yep. Son of the suit. <laughs> and he I'm lands as Mr. Knight. And then he falls over. Yeah. I did, I did like it. He did not get the superhero landing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was Aww. apparently Oscar Isaac's thing. He was like, no, he's going to yeah. fall over. I yeah, like I that. mean, it makes perfect sense. He's not used to yeah. this. And I like I like that the weapons he summoned were just sticks. Ah, that was good. It was pretty good. Good, stuff. good, good like, Daredevil stuff. You know, he held his, his ground pretty well, all things considered. Like, Yeah, he, he did the little dancing, you know, he got into the dancing box. <laughs> like moves. a butterfly, like, sting drunk. like a bee. <laughs> what um what what is uh what is like he says something that's sort of like sort of british slang yardy like sort of jamaican british like uh how oh, what is it he said i remember looking it up and and it being like and it's a thing that americans are not aware of at all but when i looked it up there was a whole series of articles about can white British people say this? And I can't, I can't remember what it was he said. <laughs> Shoot. Oops. Ah, whatever. Our British listeners could inform us about what it is I forgot. Yes. Um, Indeed. Uh, Mark gets face, pl- or Stephen gets face planted into a bus. As yeah. you do. At which point, at which point uh, he his, does give over to Mark, and Mark's like, his mask me. comes Gosh, off, Mark's and Mark is very seriously like, <laughs> "Other people are going to get hurt if you do not give me control of our body." Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, fine, okay, better fighter." And then Mark comes, Ooh. fucks up some shit, and you know, does what he needs to yeah. do. He just runs off. Yeah, like Layla tells him <clears throat> to get the get the jackal out of there. Mm-hmm. So. And then Conchu's like, okay, Mark, you know what we need to do now. Because the scarab the, fell out of Yeah, the Stephen's scarab fell out of his pocket and, and Harrow got it. So yeah. then they have to go to Egypt. And this is what I freaking love because I didn't notice this. Someone else pointed it out to me. But when they first get to Egypt and they pull the curtains back, there is no yellow filter, yeah. which yeah. is commonly done over... Middle East, South America, any place that they are trying to exoticize, they tend to put a colored filter over, specifically yellow or orange. Okay, people who see color. Orange tends to be more, (laughs) orange tends to be for more like Latin America, South America. Yeah, um, it adds a different tint to the, to the show, so. And someone, like a lot of, you know, Middle Eastern people are pointing out that it exoticizes and makes this place 
otherworldly and it kind of exactly whereas without the filter it's like oh this is just a place this is earth these are people it's not some strange foreign i I did like i did like that his shot out of the uh out of the window from his hotel was like oh you can see the pyramids but also like right next to the pyramids are the city of cairo (laughs) Because that's, you know, it always there's a pizza hut with the view of the city of Cairo. <laughs> you know, it's right there. I mean, that's that's sort of how I felt when I saw the Colosseum for the first time when I was in Rome. I just I came up by the subway and it was like, oh, there it is. It's right yeah, here. It's, it's surrounded by architecture. It's surrounded by everyday mundane or, you know, urbanity. And, like, yep. I, I imagine probably other people feel the same way about, like, seeing the Statue of Liberty or, you know, something like, I don't know. We don't have anything ancient well, like Statue that in America. Statue of Liberty is on an island. <laughs> so it is. But it's it still, like, it's separate. right there. You can see it from where you are. Yeah. Like, But there's nothing that's, I mean, there are a couple of places, but, but for the most nothing. part, anything that's super old is you know, at this point would have been reclaimed and turned into some yeah. sort of park. So it's not yeah, like... Yeah, we don't have a lot of ancient... The yeah, there is, yeah, there is that idea of like, oh, the seven wonders of the ancient world, like you see them and they're they're sort of separate and alone and they're in the wilderness. No, they aren't. They're surrounded they're not, by cities. They're, they're, they're surrounded by all these people just living their lives. Shockingly, yep. cities are mostly how humanity evolved. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> it's not like we're... You know, communal animals or anything like that. <laughs> Don't tell people that. They might be upset. <laughs> go play. Listeners, go play a game of Civilization on your computer. <laughs> go say hi to your neighbor. Civ is great. <laughs> I, don't know I love Civ. Um, so, yeah, now they're in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And For the they rest are of the show. Pro- yeah. Yep. Also, something that... Um, we noticed, you know, in the credits, because the credits for the show at the, at the end are really awesome. Uh, the moon, the phase of the moon changed each episode. That's really freaking cool. I didn't yeah. notice that. That is really yeah. cool. Probably because I didn't pay super attention to the credits. Right. Oh. It, yeah. There's. I Other mean, there's all, obviously there's a lot of, like, moon imagery throughout the credits, but there's one specific, I think it was, like, the moon over the city. Mm-hmm. The phase of the moon changed yep. each episode. That's pretty fucking sweet. Yep. So now they're in Egypt, and they are trying to find Harrow. Um, well, Mark is in Egypt, and, and Layla's gonna... Oh, yeah, Layla is busy getting her fake passport put together. Yeah, I like that bit. Which, that was a really cool. awesome scene. It really that was. That was great. Her, her um, and, and I like how it showed really you enough, idea. but not enough for you to do it on yeah, your own. her and the old <laughs> yeah. lady. The old lady's, like, helping her, you know, getting her new passport put together. You know, it's like, father, what are you doing going back there? I loved, I loved the, the note of Layla putting the, um, the eyewear on her head. And like clicking it down, and like so, mm-hmm. she like she's prepping the stuff for the passport, and she puts it into the printer, and then she goes off to like um, a file cabinet behind the woman, and she grabs like the you know the headpiece with the glasses that click down over she top. Does. She, she puts glasses. it on the woman's head. It's great. Yeah. So like this is not Layla's first rodeo, but um. So yeah. Mark's in Egypt. He encounters those dudes on the roof. 
Yep. And one of them is very young. Yeah. One he, of the one of them is like he, clearly a and teenager. And he clearly pulls young his enough punches. to feel bad yep. about it. Yeah. So he's definitely like, I'm not going to horribly hurt good fight this kid. scene. I liked it. Good stuff. Very good. good stuff. Um, yeah, complete with a guy licking <laughs> his knife for that, some reason. Oh, I want that as a gif. <laughs> Listeners, if you have that gif, go ahead and put that into our Discord or on Twitter. I don't know. But the bit where the guy is like, ah, threateningly licking the, the knife and then gets <laughs> mashed. It's very good. It's very That's Indiana good. Jonesy in that I moment. I like that. It was like those, those, those sort of, you know, those sort of little bits of like intimidation in a fight are stupid, and I like it when people pay for that stupidity. <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, then Stephen Mark gets his of, ass knocked out. Yeah, Stephen takes over and puts them in the back of a taxi. <laughs> Things are going. Great. That's right. <laughs> this is yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, this we're is totally. Fine. We're, like, oh, we're, we're going to the airport. No, we're not going we're to the airport. <laughs> we need to go back. I wonder what happened in the time between Stephen taking over and those guys walking out of the building that, like, when they saw Mark get out of the car, they looked, like, frightened. <laughs> I mean, Mark probably fucked them up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Got then... A few time, a few times. Then Mark gets his ass knocked out, and they wake up on a cliff. Ah! Uh, and then the dudes are a dead. Bloody knife. And then the dudes are dead. One of the dudes is dead. Yep. And both of them are the like, "Dudes are dead." Did you? Who did? Yeah, everybody's dead this. except the young one, right? Is he's got the young one over the cliff, yep. and then yeah, young one, and Poncho's yep. like dangle him off the edge of the cliff. He'll talk. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he'll just cut his own scarf off and fall because to his he's death. a committed member of the cult. And Poncho's a dick. Yeah. Well. F. Murray um, Abraham, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually great. Um, so then there's a call. Then they call a meeting of the Indiad to be like, this we need probably, to get the other gods on top yeah, of this inside <laughs> this is, the Great these, Pyramid of Giza. This is probably one of my favorite sequences in the in the entire series. <laughs> it's so it's, good. It's amazing. Like. You know, a portal just appears. Well, first of all, Conchu has to create a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse in the middle of the day. Like, completely out of nowhere, just gonna move the moon. <laughs> yeah, they're not happy about it. <laughs> and, but yeah, like, you know, the concept of an avatar for each of the members of the Ennead, you know, mm-hmm. we have Osiris, we have Hathor, we had uh, Isis, uh, I can't, Tefnut. And I think those were the. There maybe was one more. Did we say I'm Osiris? Remembering, I did. Horus, yeah. Horus. Good stuff. I don't was yeah, yeah. So the big <laughs> ones, um, and you know, the these ones avatars, know. and they're just like, we're really mad. We're really mad. <coughs> and so oh, we don't you know. I didn't. You, Avatar of Kanshu, you bastard. <laughs> um, and then Kanshu's like. Fuck up Arthur Harrow, bitches. <laughs> and it did not, not so many... work. <laughs> and there, yeah, because Harrow's a lying liar who yeah, lies. It, that was that was he a is. fun sort of moment in like sort of jurisprudence where you know sort of the person who is mentally ill is having a difficult time explaining to 
the court and the judge about this person who is uh, doing bad things, who is abusing them, who is who is a problem, <laughs> and, and this person who can <laughs> present a good face to the court is able to tell them, like, oh, isn't it a shame that this person has this disorder, that this person has this problem, or that Khonshu, the god, has really screwed with this poor person's head. Oh, mm-hmm. darn. Mm, so shame and woe is us. Yeah. And then yeah. the court is like, hey, you're but, right, sane person. But and here's the other- Hathor's, Hathor's avatar, at least- gives gives us you know a, another way to find Amit's yeah. too well there's also the interesting thing of like Amit's issue with the gods is that the gods wouldn't do anything until the damage was already yeah. done right um, <clears throat> and this is very much a situation where Harrow hasn't technically done anything right. yet I mean he has because he's you know he's clearly embarking on a quest right. to release yeah. Amit it's just that Conchu and, and Mark and Steven aren't able to give provide any proof. And part of that is, you know, the way that they had Conchu had to be the one speaking. And that was a, <laughs> amazing, amazingly well done. <laughs> it was so well acted, um, too. But I also, don't know what's happening tell, to me. But you could tell how much of a toll it took on Mark. And he wasn't able to really right. do anything after that. Right. So he wasn't able to corroborate Conchu. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, look, he has the scarab and he's digging at this exact location. This should this should be a this should be enough. It, this should sign. be enough for you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but also, I think that's Harrow, in a way, playing the gods. Yeah, you know, he's using what he knows about them to his advantage. Absolutely, because this is not his first rodeo. He was Conchu's avatar before. He knows how this goes. Whereas yep. Mark's never been in a meeting of the Ennead before, so he's has less information to go off of. Yep. <clears throat> so, uh, but Hathor does give us like, hey, there was this one dude who witnessed Amit being entombed. So his name was Senfu, and Layla's like, I know the guy who has that sarcophagus. Yes, and he is pretty. <laughs> yeah. He is he is he very is pretty, gorgeous. and he is uh, stupidly yep. rich. And yeah. uh, apparently, what was it? Um, he is getting private lessons in would, a, a form what? of jousting called uh, El Merma. Some sort of unarmored jousting. Yep, it is uh, sort of a, a spear jousting. Yeah. Did, yeah. not, did not recognize the sport. Yeah, I had to yeah. look it up, and I couldn't tell if El Merma was like the name of the sport or a specific competition. Um, I couldn't really tell. I'm sure now <coughs> it's a ceremony. Like it looks to be for right, like for present time, it's probably like a ceremonial thing. Yeah, but I'm sure it was a, a big part of. You know, historic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think they probably Military stuff. joust now as they did, as they do at, say, Renaissance Yeah, Fairs. exactly. Medieval times. <clears throat> yeah, they're, uh, yeah, not, so it's they're really not doing cool... it for actual, like, tribal no, combat. No. <laughs> yeah. Nobody does. Um, the, the scene on the boat right before they Very arrive sweet. at his place... 
was very oh. sweet. And that's when, when Mark says, you know, I had it under control up until yeah. a few months ago. I also really like that they had, like, the the vocalizing. Ululations. Like, oh, I haven't heard that sound since our yeah, wedding. Yeah. And I was just like, Thank you for, like, acknowledging that that is, like, a sound of joy, because I feel like American media tends to demonize that sound. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 Um, and it's like, no, that that's a celebration. Very in place that way. Yeah. <laughs> so. They want to get a look at the sarcophagus. And they're like, oh, we are pretending to be just back from yeah, our honeymoon. I, and you're, right. yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why she didn't just go with his actual name so that she didn't I think it, it might have been recognizable. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Possibly. The concern is like somebody in security like, knows Like, hey, who this dude named Mark Spector killed yeah, a bunch it, of people at an archaeological yeah, there might dig. be some concern that he might have priors, that he might have <coughs> some, he might have a name that they could recognize. Maybe even somebody in security is just like, I know who that guy is. He's a mercenary, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Mark has no idea how to deal with the coded information in the sarcophagus. And he doesn't want to give Stephen no. back the body. So Stephen is trying to talk him through it, but not very well. Yeah, it looks super suspicious. It does. Don't be suspicious. So security stops him. Don't be suspicious. He's praying. He's very religious. He's very spiritual. (laughs) Uh, But then Harrow's men show up. Start fucking shit up. Um, Specifically, he he shows, uh, he uses the 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 scales, the staff, as a demonstration of, of Amit's power in order to destroy the sarcophagus. But uh, Layla's still purple. able to rescue a few yep. of the pieces, yeah. the, the cloth yeah. specifically, that has the star chart on God. it. Um, <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, Mark takes to the suit and gets speared down a whole bunch of times. Good fight scene. Why is his cape scene? a crescent? Why is his cape a crescent? Because they have a brand, okay? He's very it's on brand. It's a brand. I, 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 why is his, why is his knife you. a crescent? You know, he's got these these knives that are, like, shaped oh. like crescent moons. I feel like they're not the most efficient I, tools. Uh, no. There is, uh, like, a really good style of knife uh, called the Karambit. Uh, it has, it, it's half of his crescent moon knife. If you've got just that bottom bit where it's, like, a talon, that's a really good knife. It cuts mm-hmm. really well. Like, I have a couple. I have some uh, that are folding and for other purposes. But I have some that are, like, a little fixed. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a little sort of crescent shape where it's shaped like that and it goes like this. And you can use it for box cutting, opening things. And I have not had to sharpen the, that thing in years. It's been used for every every nice. thing that I've had to cut. It's just it's that talon shape is great for cutting through things. There's a reason that eagles and gators and animal yeah. claws are shaped the way they are and they're sharp on the inside and it it just helps with cutting. But yes, his his moon-shaped yeah. blades are silly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So the more important thing is they get away, they get the star chart um and they realize that uh, this is 
the map only kind of works if you have a representation <laughs> of the night sky on Which, the day that Amit okay. was. Okay, I, I, really, I loved, I loved and appreciated this sort of <clears throat> acknowledgement of real science and this idea that over time the constellations do shift. But mm-hmm. is two or three mm-hmm. thousand years really enough for that to shift a significant amount? I I just I just it might I be, don't think so. but also I think it's possible. I it's but possible, it's cool. but also I feel really like cool. there might I feel like we might have enough data and. Computers to, you to also sort of roll it back right. without think, doing what I think Kachu it, does. I feel like we have enough data and like the you know enough stuff in the computers that they would have been just, able to just do it back it in a program instead yeah. of having Kachu do what yeah. he does. Use the algorithm. <laughs> you know what's really more important than the date? Yeah, the time. Yeah, that's going to change yeah. the most. Um, but uh, Kanshu really does cool this really visual. cool turning back thing, even though he knows he's going to get it's in drag, it's drag and drop navigation <laughs> on his cell phone. <laughs> I re- I really loved like the visual. It was so cool. Oh, and this raises the stakes. And this raises the stakes for everyone involved because now Kanshu is going to be imprisoned in that There's little no statue. He can't be the and, avatar. And Mark can't call the suit. Yeah, exactly. Oh um, no! And no oh, magic Be relevant. That couldn't possibly like have an effect on the next episode <laughs> at all. Um, which you know, we last saw Harrow talking with Osiris. Um, don't think anything good is going to come of that. Uh, he does his little monologue at the statue, being like. Talking to Kanchu, being like, you forged me, this is all My your fault. My evil plan is working. You broke me. Um, if you had not broken me so thoroughly, I would not have known the value of healing. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, buddy. Why I would you then you take that out therapy, on the other but... avatars? <laughs> because he's like, ha ha ha, yeah. I successfully tricked yeah, them, that, and now they can't stand good. in my way. Ha uh-huh. Um. So. But yeah, so then we have, they go to the tomb. Um, right. Next so now we kind of jump into episode four. Which I really, yeah, which is a lot, lot of, of action. action. I liked it. It's very, you know, because um, we do get those moments of like, you know, tomb raiding, <laughs> essentially. Indiana um, Jonesing. Which, yeah. I mean, they were good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my favorite moment though is when the chemistry finally happens. And he punches and himself does in the Finally, face. kiss Layla, and then he punches himself in the face. Yes. <laughs> Mark's like, "You kiss my wife. It's our. She's our wife. That's a complex." Yeah. So we finally have this this cohesion, you know, this understanding between oh, yeah. Mark and Stephen, where they understand that Stephen needs to be in the body. When they're in the tomb, because stuff. he's he the one that's going to be this able is to what he's been questions. studying with his yeah. time in the body. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This is his yep. area of knowledge, and you know, 
I don't think they were anticipating like, finding Alexander's tomb. Like <laughs> zombie mummies. Yeah, the zombies. I think. Yeah. You know, I think the Alexander's <laughs> tomb thing was like, ooh, yeah. nerding out, nerding out like crazy for Steven. Yeah. The zombies were the Mark problem that Mark the, could not deal with. This episode definitely took an interesting turn into what? like monster horror. That I really that I really yeah. appreciated. Like I'm not usually a, a horror person, but like I liked that it kind of leaned in leaned in on the on the mummies and the the zombies. Yeah, I think that was very like, you know, going yeah. with the genre. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know how I feel about it being Alexander the Great's. Too. So, from uh, what I understand, the. What it's implied, what I remember is it's implied that Alexander was the last avatar of Amit. And that's, uh, okay. and that's oh why, yeah. um, the, <coughs> when she was, right. when she was locked away by the rest of the Ennead, um, that's why I don't remember the name for the statue. Uh, it mm-hmm. was buried with, yeah. Yeah, in him. It was buried in okay. him. <laughs> That but at, since since Alexander, um, you know, one of the things that he, that he called himself was, you know, Pharaoh. Uh, he had, according to this show, had himself mummified and entombed in cool. Egypt. Yeah, cool. Sure. Do we? I feel like I should know, know this. Where Alexander the Great's resting place is? Let's. All right. I don't let's think call so. up the mighty Google. You guys keep talking while I call up the mighty Google. Um, let's see. Um. Anyways, just Stephen going. Sorry, Mister the Great, <laughs> as he's like digging his hands. It's an in enduring there. mystery. Yep, enduring mystery. Okay. So cool. The, they had absolutely every right yeah. to be like, let's bullshit Let's go. This. Let's do it. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So he reaches in there and just, you know, uh, yanks, it, yanks out, it out. And then the bad guys show up. Huh. Yeah. The bad guys show up and uh, shoot yeah. him. Yeah. And he's like dead, dead. He's like dead. He's like yeah, he shot, is. man. He's... That's, uh, and in sinking into some water, so, uh, so then, uh, he kind of wakes up in a mental hospital. Yeah. And this oh, is when the show takes yeah. this really sharp left turn. I'm that, like, what just happened? What? And I am suddenly. Well, cause I remember we, we had been, we had speculated a, a little bit, you know, when the, when we first started seeing like trailers for the show, it was like, wait, is how much, what, if there's going to be stuff in a mental institution. So how much of this is how much real? So it was interesting to you know to see that it took you know basically two and yeah. three quarter episodes to get to that point. But there were kind of two mental hospitals because there was the one where he was surrounded by uh-huh. Harrow and Harrow's people, and Layla was there, and then there was oh. the empty one <sighs> that was clearly the afterlife. With just all the... Because uh, he was switching back and forth between the two places. Uh, didn't... He only got... Yeah, because there was the empty one where it was just him and Mark. Right? Yeah, so it's all the same place. Yeah. I understood that to be all the same place. I like, interpreted all, it as... No, it's not. Oh, okay. I don't think it's all the same place mm. because he returns to it at the end of the series. 
And... He returns to the place with Harrow at the end of the series. Mm. After he's come back. It's like right before he wakes up after things have been resolved and he's when, clearly back When we see the, the bloody footprints on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it, you know, a I lot think of... That one is, I think that one is his psyche. Okay, um, versus the versus the um, underworld? Versus the, we're going to the field of reeds and we're on the boat. Okay. That makes sense. I think of it as, like, the mental hospital and the boat. Yeah, like, different layers. Because the boat is where Stephen and Mark were separate. Stephen and Mark were not separate in Harrow's, Dr. Harrow's office. That's right. Okay. Because remember, both Stephen and Mark talked to Dr. Harrow, sharing the same body. Okay. I got you. I got you. So I feel like it was like a descent of like he went into his mind where he's not sure what he trusts to be real or not. Um, mm-hmm. And then died. So I and feel then, like he passed through this space of like and then when he thinks, subconscious. When he thinks he's escaping from Harrow, he Is transitions, he and he he transitions into, the into the afterlife and then he finds... Mark and he finds Tavaret. Mark and that other sarcophagus. Yeah, who's the third? The rattling sarcophagus. Yep. yep. Um, and then we would find... also be dying, so that tracks that he's on the boat. Yep. And then we find <laughs> our hippopotamus. Has anyone seen? Have you seen the clip of Oscar Isaac on some late show? Just. This song no. is like Hippopotamus. I, I, I not <laughs> No, I'm okay not seeing that. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's so funny. It's a Hippopotamus song. But uh, Tawedet is beautiful <laughs> and I love her and she is the sweetest bean. She's wonderful. And she also confirms we, that there are yeah. multiple forms of afterlife. That's right. really interesting. she references uh, yeah. the Wakandan yeah, astral I, I like plane. That. And that is, yep. that is a part of how the Eternals can sort of coexist with uh, Asgard and the Egyptian uh, uh, sort of uh, pantheon of gods and all the different – that there can be all of these different sort of uh, understandings of the afterlife and all the different gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's that all of them exist. Yeah. All of these different versions of the afterlife exist. Um, And now, because it is the second to last episode, we go deep into the trauma! Yes! It is a boat ride (laughs) through the shared trauma. So, okay, so as far as we talk about the Egyptian mm. concept of death and the afterlife is you're, you're, you take a journey and you're <laughs> looking to reach the, oh, the, the field shared of trauma reeds, of their soul, which is, you know, uh, the resting place for those whose souls are in balance and everyone else is, you know, they end up in the duat, the, you know, the endless sand um, that we, that we see uh, outside the boat. So... Mark and Stephen are presented with the scales. Well, first she puts mm-hmm. her hands into their chests and takes out their hearts. And then she presents them with the scales. Against and you see the that they're in flux. Um, right. Yeah. And so the whole concept is in order to reach 
the fields, you have to be in balance. So they have the boat ride to figure it out. And so that's where we start our trauma. Oh. Oh. Yeah. A very good place to start. <laughs> Mark had a younger brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's uh let's start at the beginning. Let's let's start at his childhood, which is that uh so Stephen yeah. had a younger brother who Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, yes. So Mark had a younger brother, and they went to go hang out in this cave. But a rainstorm mm-hmm. swept in, and water rose in the What's cave, the and Mark's younger brother drowned. Um, there is a little bit of like from the Jewish community about the changes to Mark's backstory, okay. um, which. Part mm-hmm. of me gives them, like, so, like, here's Mark's backstory. The original backstory is that Mark's father's a rabbi and a pacifist who, like, doesn't even believe of, like, uh, doing harm to people who have harmed That's him. a lot. Complete whoa. Um, <laughs> whoa. It's not his brother. It's another, like, boy in the community who is murdered by another this rabbi in the community. simpler and but this better rabbi than is the version that we got in the show. Who has, like come to the u.s pretended to be jewish to- that's a lot wow yes so there is heavy anti-semitism in mark's backstory um of a mistake and- i mean there there yeah. is and obviously i'm not the it's right a person lot and i think this, a lot of people are mad because they feel like there is some as far as having a six episode television that show when taking that away and a single but episode same- to explain the backstory with in pieces because it's not like a cohesive telling yeah i don't know with without having a nazi rabbi yeah, they could have uh, wow No. Yeah. I still think they could have kept yeah. some anti-Semitism in there to have Mark like not be able to defend his the younger Holocaust, brother. Specifically. <clears throat> my my like consideration yeah. for like why yeah. they changed that is that or, the timelines uh, don't when add was up. Moon, it's yeah. very, when very was hard. Knight, when, now when was Moon Knight written to in the seventies? He said in the seventies. To, to reference the Holocaust Seem, and the Nazis like the, the way Marvel could yeah. when it was being written Somewhere just after World War II. Yeah, they themselves um, were directly impacted. By people who were directly yeah. impacted right. by World War II. I think he showed up in like the sixties or seventies, so Yeah. But either way, yeah, the people who were running Marvel at the time were still deeply impacted by yeah. World War II and the Holocaust. World Finite so, Number Thirty Two in nineteen seventy five. Harder to adjust, and that's like the problem we're going to have with Magneto in the future. Uh, you know? um, yep. So, yep, that's the one iffy thing. Either way, I mean, what comes out of it is that I hear. Chris, uh, I hear Mark's, you making the noises, and I know that as yeah. a father, this hits you. Like Mark's it. mom blames him. Places. Like it hits you places. Not protecting his brother. Um, I know. And, oh, my uh, God. Yeah. It's just pain. Mm-hmm. Really hard. Yeah. 
Which, like, but we also, if yeah. Mark oh, has the idea, I think it is possible yeah. that some form it's of mental illness might and also run in his family, which could exacerbate. I think we also know yeah. there are scenarios where this kind yeah, of I, oh, alcoholism I, yeah, kind of blame happens. This is not a, a comfy episode yeah. to watch. Trauma does terrible uh, I don't. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, child death is not great. Happens. Yeah. Uh-huh. So here's like the... Yeah. So one of the things that this show presents that is actually not super in line with current understanding there is a of triggering is I that... I don't want to say break, This very much presents Mark as like an a triggering moment. Yeah. fully formed person and Stephen as this personality that formed at, to protect him. To protect, like, the fact that his mom is, like, abusing him. Yeah. So what the current understanding of DID is, is that we don't actually yeah. have a kind of cohesive we haven't been personality able to, like, until we're about like 10 years old. We have a lot of ego states, um, as in we are kind of different when we're hungry or tired or cranky as a kid. Like we haven't mm. fully integrated all parts of our consciousness. Okay. Yeah. So there's so... The idea is that when you undergo severe childhood mm. trauma, you kind of never fully coalesce into one person. So there is no real original person. Um, I, I well, Mark um, seems and DID to be older has to form. When his generally, dies. they say DID has to form before the age of ten. Otherwise, it's um, what is it dissociative disorder? Other specified dissociative disorder. Of which there are various subtypes. Yeah. So I think that's like the only potential flaw yeah. in it. However, we know there's other alters in the system. Mm-hmm. So right. we and that's only really like, know they had that kind of this is played at is that moment the Stephen in Grant, the bedroom, you know, stuff with his brother. He was just like, oh, I got to make sure mom isn't mad at me. <laughs> got to clean up this room. It's a mess. Dr. Stephen Grant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, hey, yeah. that is actually a thing. There are alters yeah. that are called um, fictives, where you ha- incorporate a fictional character into, like, becomes one of these, like, emotional frag, one of these emotional fragments. Um, this is, I'm just going to reiterate, this I is just no what idea. I have learned from listening and talking to people with DID. Um, <laughs> I am not an expert, so, so anything right. I am parroting, so we have these if I have said something incorrect, kind of, so Mark is trying to keep Stephen out of the rooms that he, that he recalls, because he doesn't want Stephen exposed to that, because that's not the quote, to quote Mark, that's not the point of him. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 The point of him is to have mm-hmm. this nice life that Mark didn't get to have. We all do. He is that sort of, you know, yeah. idealistic boy who just loved his mom, you know? And yep. Stephen very much Ugh. deserved that. 
like Mark deserved it too. Like they yeah. all did. Yeah, but that was a Mark <laughs> takes a it room. upon room. himself to be that Pretty gatekeeper packed. to hide away, you know, the truth about his mom, yeah. to hide yeah, about yeah. their brother, to hide all the people yeah. he's killed. Mm. Oof. So we go Big through these, and eventually we find and Mark one remembers where every Mark single one of them is on a street outside of a building, a house, um, residential street. And you know, this is the that moment after his mother has died, where he's going to join the Shiva, <laughs> and he and he can't do yep. it. Yeah. Something else to do. Yep. So at that moment, Stephen kind of protects him. He's like, okay, we're not going to deal with our mom being dead right now. I am a small baby. (laughs) I need a job. uh, Where should I go? Nope. Not doing that. (laughs) Uh, The museum. I don't know where I am. I am lost. I don't know this street. Hmm. <laughs> Steven. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the the dead, the but, people uh, who were dead and abandoned in a moment in the duot, that absolutely uh, boarding the boat. They're to getting drag close there. To drag them uh, um, off scales the ship. aren't balancing. And it's a great moment because Steve's Steve's Steven is finally like, you know, I'm if you're me. That means that I'm you, and that means that I can do this. And it was this awesome moment, <laughs> and he, you know, he joins the fight. Yeah. And in rescuing Mark, he goes overboard. <laughs> no! Yeah. You were, I remember that. I think, I can't remember, did I watch the, I think I might have watched and the And then the scales balanced. Or, or maybe and it was somebody else that I watched. Mark goes yeah. to the field of reeds. And I was just like, fuck yeah. this. Fuck yeah. this. Fuck this. Yeah. Because I legitimately forgot that it was an episode, episode six. I thought it was episode five. You did, because you told me, you told me that there's a scene in the next, in episode six that feels like it's connected to episode five. Um, because... Yeah, the otherness me, is why like, the scales what that were read to me is like someone who yeah. was highly attuned to how they were yeah. portraying and, mental illness, and was that I mean, even Mark once you know he you takes know, this a couple idea of that, steps like, forward oh, we into get the, into rid of the field, and it makes Mark and whole. and he and like, recognizes that sure yeah. the scales might have balanced, but right. he doesn't like, feel balanced. No. He's my dude. Right. He's like, wait, Steven's not here. That's not right. Yep. Like, because he recognizes that Steven oh, is a part of it. such a great moment when he so ran he's out not, and grabbed like, him. I'm not going to leave They were both kind Steven of, you know, just into the freezing together. And then Osiris opened um, the doors. Yeah. Osiris, you big softy. Okay. Well, yeah. So mm-hmm. through, so she had been kind of, 
talking yeah. through dead people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Game. So Mark Mark yeah. got because shot in the tomb and to the rescue. Layla, she's rather like, than sort of hey, fighting her way out, Layla. fakes her way we into Harold's group <laughs> and like masquerades as a part yep. of the cult. And like, oh, that's right, because they also Harrow, they saw all the souls a whole bunch of cops. Harrow's action went minus to one. One of them was a good dude, and then uh, goes on to the city and get to, gets back to the pyramid to uh, to activate the sky beam, so to speak. Yeah, because that's what superheroes do. One, <laughs> <laughs> I like you. <laughs> 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 I love that scene in the in the pyramid <laughs> when we're going back and forth between yeah. Layla and Tavarit, <laughs> where, where just they're like, like negotiating the terms of Layla, the contract. Got a message from Mark. I want to end up like that. Ah, you want to be my avatar? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> So is just great. so excited. I have great costume ideas. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Because he recognizes now the only way to stop Amit is to um, essentially um, seal Amit within yeah, the Avatar. Yeah, so Osiris, so seal Amit you know, before in he dies. Arrow's body. <laughs> Let's right. uh, mark and Because, back you know, there's an easy way around that. It's called Smash-O Crash-O. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, and I wanted yeah. like this whole like, sealing them in statues thing is not wanted going great for them. Like break all of them, of just break all of the statues, unleash everything that's trapped, yeah. and just see what happens. Which is exactly how they get Conchu back. <laughs> yeah, who else is trapped, and what Let's were they go. up to? Let's go! Come on. Who is your daddy, and what do you do? It's <laughs> not a Pandora's box situation or anything. <laughs> break all of them. All the gods. Yeah. But yeah. like, so I really, really love that you, like, some of the cinematography <laughs> in these fights that are about the, to happen I, the, are so yeah. freaking cool. The whole concept of Egyptian gods as kaiju battling over the city. And movements are parallel. That was a lot of fun. I really like that. Harrow that was cool. <laughs> and Mark. I mean, and it just <laughs> I rolled, so I rolled good, my yeah. eyes a lot. And so exciting. I did. <laughs> yeah, I oh, guess little so. Girl. <coughs> yeah. That was so But, funny. but then Layla saves a bunch of people. And the little girl's like, are you an Egyptian superhero? Yeah. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, yeah, babies. Because, you but know, that little girl, does. she's probably part of the Avengers, <laughs> seeing American superheroes off doing American superhero things. And now <laughs> an Egyptian superhero? There's <gasps> a superhero just like her. Which is totally not something that renders me to tears. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I get really emotional thinking about, you know, so we have the fight, never had and because before having Layla has agreed to become Marvel an avatar, we now have enough slowly starting to, to the ritual. give out in tiny scraps. The avatar <laughs> ritual of the sequel. To trap, <coughs> to trap, 
<laughs> to trap the giant crocodile lady inside Ethan Hawk. <sighs> Look, I to will say, seal Ahmed, Ahmed had amazing hell. hair. Yeah, hair on a crocodile. For a giant crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> Very predator. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, she did. I should die. And she's like, no, you're useful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The one thing I will give Harrow credit for is that he... <laughs> is ready to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. He was like, yeah. I'm a bad person. Kill yeah, me. No. And she's like, no. And she's like, she's like, no, 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 no. I need you. And you're, he was like, you're I'm a like, good okay, killing yeah. machine. You know, not behalf. a lot of supremacists will sign up to die for useful. their own ideology. Usually they always find a way to make their yeah, ideology yeah, so much. that they will survive. Today. You know, conveniently. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh then she gets sealed inside Harrow. That was the deal. Ends up in yep. a mental institution on his own. And Stephen wakes up in the apartment <laughs> and there's two goldfishies. Uh, and Kanchu reluctantly <laughs> agrees to let Mark and Stephen go. You know, they finished their mission. That was the deal. That was the deal. There's two goldfishies. Uh, but before he wakes up, there is a little scene where they're talking to Dr. Harrow. And it's Mark and Steven very fluidly switching back and forth. I'm like, right. oh, you are both up front now. You can both just like, you're not fighting each other for control right now. <laughs> Functional multiplicity. Fun. It's like, oh, this is uh, this is great. Um, and then you know, credits, 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 and credits. Where uh, you know, someone comes to uh take Hero from the hospital and puts him in a limo with Kanshu. Kanshu's being a dick, as Kanshu does. And now we know why he let Mark and Steven go. Pew, pew, pew. Because he didn't, because he didn't really. Because he had Jake Lockley on, on lock. He's got a third. So, I think it told a really satisfying story. I think it's yeah. weird enough and open enough that it has places to go if, you know, Oscar Isaac wants to do this again. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like, they, they, they've, like, Oscar Isaac and the directors, like, a number of people involved have sort of been, the way they've been talking are just like, nah, this is a one and done. We're good. We're done. We're one and done. One and done. The way they, they talked about this before it happened, uh, before, before it finished, like, in such a way that I was kind of surprised at how much, you know, <coughs> the end sort of sets up a sequel. And, you know, when you think about it, it's kind of like, this is the way you talk when you want them to pay you more money. Right. Yeah, and and it, you know, I can't imagine that for some of the Disney Plus shows that they're going to do multi-year contracts just because they'll have to hold people for specific times and 
And it involves more money and more complicated contracts, and we all know how that goes. So, so unfortunately, true believers, we have some news. Moon Knight is actually going to be our last episode of this podcast. We are handing the reins of discussing the MCU back over to dueling genre at large. So if you enjoy us and you enjoy listening to people talk about the MCU, I highly recommend that you join the dueling genre Patreon because they are going to be so much faster and so much more efficient. And you will still hear us, uh, Chris and Becca and I, we're going to be hopping on with them from time to time. So you're not losing Marvel content. You're just not going to be getting it under the umbrella of true believers anymore. Doing this show has been an absolute honor for us, and we're sad to see it go, but we know that we're going to get more ears through the rest of Dueling Genre. So thank you for taking this ride with us, and... We all will still be on the Dueling Genre Discord and on Twitter, so, you know, we'll be around the internets. Thank you so much for taking this journey to infinity and beyond. Excelsior.